love your curvy wife? Are you beset by face-eating lovebirds and milkshake ducks? Are you haunted by the low-res face of Jack Nicholson? Does everything happen so much? If so, you may be terminally online. It's believed that almost one in ten adults are terminally online. And particularly vulnerable are those who listen to destroy all clickbait. There is no cure. So lie back and enjoy. I am Ing, joined by Adam. Hello. And Phil. Hello. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Bozo. You you really do need to see uh, uh uh I think you should leave. There's actually a Bozo the Clown related sketch in that. Oh right, right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this became my brand, but it is. <laughs> Clowns and biology is a good brand to have. See, it makes you unique. Yeah. I, I don't think I have anything where like there are 8,000 people who know better than I do about anything. We were, uh, I think I think our big uh, thing that we should start off with is uh, explaining to Ing <laughs> the wife guy phenomenon. Yeah, okay, what is this? Because I tried to read this article and I at the same time just got through 275 pages of really dense Japanese sci-fi <laughs> for your other podcast, and this is the one with jargon and seemingly techno-babble that I could not parse. Well, that's good. It means that there's hope for you yet. You're not terminally online. If this is very... If this is all Greek to you, then uh, you're, we're in good shape. Yeah, I came into this, this meme late, so I... I... I was confused too. Oh, meme <laughs> later not the article. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so it's a Guardian article. Uh the art the writer is not cre oh, Naman Zhu is the art is the uh I believe the writer's name. Um it's not clear who the writer is. They're very they're very weird. Anyway, um, but it's an attempt to, quote, explain uh who is Cliff Wife, what is a wife guy, why is it a meme? Um as you may or may not know, this past week, uh, a guy posted a video of his wife falling over a cliff. <laughs> a very a very shallow cliff, and she was unharmed, so it's okay that we're joking about this. Um, and the fact that he posted it and then sort of started talking about, I watched my wife fall off a cliff. Your whole world can change in a matter of seconds. Um somewhat melodramatically. Uh, that was, okay, I think... But yeah, yeah. I, I don't see why it's worthy of note. Well, it was... It was just one of these things that grabbed everyone's attention for a while. But as this article actually somewhat... And, and I mean, yeah, the article is, hence being clickbait, kind of trying to cash in on the five seconds when we were talking about this. But it is worthy of note that... Um, you know, they people tied it to the other wife guy, which is the curvy wife guy. Do you remember the curvy wife guy? Yep. Yeah, I love vaguely. My I I think I remember that being overblown as well. To be honest. Yeah. Well, it was. It's also linked to in the article, and it's this guy who. Well, I thought that. I mean, that guy was insufferable. He was. Oh I yeah. I love my curvy wife. Right. <laughs> I don't know. He was. He was expecting a cookie for finding his wife attractive. It's, it was really weird. I mean, right. yeah, there is that, but. To be fair, we also cannot deny that there is a hyperdolized, very specific standard of beauty for women, and that's one where I kind of felt that there was some hypocrisy on the internet. It was 
with push for body positivity, like push back against the very specific, narrowly focused idea of beauty. And then there was kind of like a lot. Not that it was great, but it's like eh, I, I don't well, feel that it deserved well, this level. I mean, of it has to. It. it has to line. As a teenager, I was often teased by my friends for my attraction to girls on the thicker side. But yeah, that's an, that is a thing that happens. Okay. Yeah. That, that's why I... It's. I think the issue people have with this and with the Cliff Wife thing is just that it very much centers the guy writing the posts or whatever. And it's all about them, even though they're writing about their wife. And it's very much, uh, you know, look at me and... You know, here's my interesting thoughts on the matter. Sorry? Self-congratulatory. Yeah, a very self-congratulatory. Especially the curvy wife guy. Um, you know, he. it's very... It, it, it's a good sentiment. And, I mean, sure, it's sweet. He likes his wife. But, and even some of the people joking about it online uh, pointed out that, yeah, you know, well, it's, it's, you know, it's sweet, ultimately. But it, at the same time, it's almost like it's got a vaguely insulting tone about his own wife and talking about how great it is that, you know, I put up with her. Like it's, there's, that's almost the subtext there. So it becomes really a little bit gross when you look at it too close. Um, and again, with the cliff wife guy, the joke is like that he didn't help her and that he, you know, he, he agonized over it, but he didn't, he just filmed it, you know, like, Oh, uh, with the curvy wife guy, it turns out they were also both racist, so... Oh, well, that's a okay. Thing. Well, never mind then. <laughs> I didn't... What happened there? I don't oh, remember. Oh, people just looked through their Twitter timeline and... Oh, um, yeah. uh, They just said some... Uh, my it brother walked in my apartment today for dinner and I told him I made chicken and watermelon. He responded, are we black now? Hashtag love him. Ugh. Uh, well, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, Ing insists uh, on giving a heart a half-hearted defense of milkshake duck. Update: It appears that milkshake <laughs> duck is racist. <laughs> yep. Well, you can. It's one of those things where a lot of you know red flags went up, even though there's nothing. Well, it, even even the post itself has some problems because he's sort of, you know, like I say, kind of there's a condescending tone to it. But it's not hard to believe that guy. It's it's basically exploiting your own wife for clicks. That's the general commonality. Okay, okay, thank you, thank yeah. you. Now I got a firm explanation about what this is. Yeah, that's that's how I would describe the wife guy phenomenon. I haven't seen this picture before. There's a some guy spray painted a house that says, uh, with the words "Stop now, don't email my wife." Yeah, I'm not familiar I, with that, and I don't know if anyone ever got to the bottom of that. Which no, it apparently doesn't have an explanation. Which is potentially, like, tragic, because we all know about harassment on the internet, but would become hilarious if just an extra line, Dennis, was added to it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, it's funny because, yeah, online harassment is a problem, but email is not, like, that's not usually the vector for harassment when you're emailing uh, it, someone. It can be. I mean, sure, but you can. Can't you just block it and then move on? At that, point? I I know you don't want to receive emails. Not from when it's not when it's flooded. I guess so. Yeah, I'm but, speaking from some experience over, oh. like specifically, like some hate stuff via email. Oh well, that's not great. I think I think in this case it might have been like a, an affairs or something. Yeah, that's the implication you get. Yeah, from that's it, why I said it would be hilarious if you just add. Don't email my wife, Dennis. 
Also, a horrible red flag if someone's willing to deface their own. Like, oh no, it was house. somebody else's house. Oh, okay. Was it? It says, uh, spray painted a message on another person's house. Oh, another house. person's yeah. house. Yeah, okay. Well. Oh, that shit, does... I completely misread that. I thought that this was just, like, somebody, like, in lieu of having a Twitter account just spray-painted <laughs> the message on the side of their own house to make sure everyone would see it. <laughs> that's ancient. That's like Terry Pratchett clocks towers, except with tweeting, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you can only, you can only, you can have to buy a new house every time you want to tweet, but otherwise it works great. <laughs> or... No, you got four sides. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and a roof. Hey, use a banner. It's reusable at that point. It's um, the evolution of technology. Two bad neighbors. Let's uh, talk about... Do you want to talk about Inspector Gadget? Oh, yeah. Okay. At some level, I always kind of want to talk about Inspector Gadget. Because <laughs> you're, you're always on duty. Always <laughs> online. Silence, Chief. No, wait, that's the wrong show. Well, that's a... You know, that, that gets bleak if you think about it. He's always on I duty. love my curvy wife! <laughs> <laughs> I fell off a cliff and became an, an unstoppable cyborg. Hey, did they ever actually call Inspector Gadget a cyborg on the show? I don't no. think so. Like, that was always weird to me. It's like, I never quite... Like when I was a, a little kid watching that show, I, I kind of like he's a he's a cyborg, but they almost act like he's just born with weird stuff in his. Yeah, the movie does an origin for him, but the movie sucked. So. Uh, well, yeah, I, I. The show only had a throwaway line that the doctors put gadgets in him, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it is it is interesting that that was such a. Was that like a Japanese cartoon, by the way? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. It was a, yeah, it always had kind of an anime look to it. I thought, but not really. Well, it most at, definitely did not. No. Don't you think Penny kind of looked like a like kind of a um, uh, Astro Boy kind of look? Don't you think? Yeah, yeah but Astro Boy itself is based on Disney style. Yeah. And it was he was voiced by the guy yeah. who played uh, Maxwell. Stone. Yeah. No. I well. Yeah. That's right. I know it was a get smart guy, a Don. Adams or whatever his name is. Anyway, uh, the article here is uh, from Wired Magazine uh, by Rose Eveleth, and the and the headline is great. Transhumanism is tempting until you remember Inspector Gadget. Oh God! <laughs> because that's your uh, your go to uh, reference. It's it is kind of hilarious that that was her go to reference for transhumanism and not you know the remember entire the cyberpunk genre. Remember the episode where Inspector Gadget looked at a mirror, proclaimed, What have I become? and then punched the glass? <laughs> I was once a man! The Argonaut ship had every place replaced. Is it still the same ship? <laughs> oh, deep. Yeah. That's a ship of Theseus, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, and I mean, this is, I, I, I'm sure, you know, I'm just realizing something that I'm sure everyone else in the world has thought about, but was Inspector Gadget a response to RoboCop at all, or does he predate RoboCop? I think he predates it. It said, uh, 84, so. Yeah. Wow. So does, does that mean RoboCop? Wow. Was RoboCop a response to Inspector Gadget then? RoboCop wow. was the perfected form behind Inspector Gadget. 
Inspector Gadget is our working prototype. Can RoboCop fly, though? Well, it's it's the grim and gritty version of Inspector Gadget. It was the, apparently. I'm literally it's just Inspector Gadget, but every gadget is a gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't forget, he did have a jetpack in like the third oh, one, right, if I'm not right. mistaken. <laughs> so... I've only seen the first one because I don't see. I really like. <laughs> Why it, would but... you? Yeah. I the second one has its moments. I don't know. Especially put... since the second one has the montage of their attempts to make more RoboCops, basically right. looking at a mirror and then shooting themselves in the head. <laughs> yeah, and it's all stop motion, and it's it's that's great. That's what that's what got me excited watching the second one. It's like stop motion, yeah. But yeah, one of them literally rips his own head off at one point, and yeah, they're all. They should have used that in Inspector Gadget the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I and should then, be. And then they program him with all the... <laughs> they program him to be, you know, with dozens more directives because he's, quote, politically correct now. And he starts... Uh, except he's also still violent. So if you remember, there was uh, one they put in the theaters. They just showed a clip of RoboCop shooting at a guy who was putting a oh, cigarette this is in his Oh, RoboCop. Mouth. Okay. Yeah, yeah RoboCop. Sorry. <laughs> Not Inspector Gadget. Although, I like Remember I say, when they accidentally programmed Inspector Gadget to be politically correct and he started chasing tr- smokers with a pair of uh, hydroponic uh, hedge clippers? Your move, creep. I am curious why the article contrasts, like, Inspector Gadget with RoboCop when RoboCop itself doesn't seem to present this as a very desirable thing to do. No, I mean almost any cyborg character in fiction, including Cyborg from the Teen Titans slash Doom Patrol, or um, you know, they're they're always like it's a it's a recovery effort to someone who is badly injured. Basically, it's never you know, Inspector Gadget actually may be unique in that they kind of imply he just in the cartoon just had it done for funsies or to do his job better, I guess. In the in the movie, it was uh, it was an injury. Yeah, I, I yeah, talked a lot about the movie. In the cause... movie, Inspector Gadget was the victim of a mob hit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can. I think he we was can killed in a movie. car bomb and brought back through unholy science. <laughs> it's I'm not making movie. that up. I, yeah. It was so terrible. It was yeah. one of my first big disappointments because I thought the trailer looked funny when I was a kid. Yeah, I can. I mean. It, it it really felt like that was one of these movies where they, they bought a property and had no idea what to do with it. Doesn't his car, like, have a... Oh, yeah, his car talks, yeah. Yeah, his a... his car is sassy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the My Favorite Martian movie from around the same time where his suit talks. Which I, I kind of get. Both were Disney productions, so it has the thing, well, it has to have a kind of merchable, cute sidekick. Right. They yeah. already had brain in yeah. Inspector Gadget. Yeah. That yeah, was that... one thing I was going to bring up, but Inspector Gadget already had brain. Yeah. Here's a question. Do you think brain is a cyborg? Because he's smarter than a dog should be. That is an interesting question. And he has like a... Isn't his dog collar filled with like gadgets or something as well? It turns into like a, like a, heads, a communication headset. Yeah. Well, he's he's been genetically altered. I think we can I think we can uh, we can say with some confidence because why not? So Inspector Gadget is is the full transhuman experience. Well, and then Penny has like a magic book. I never quite got that. She has she basically of... has a tablet. Right. 
like before, yeah, before like laptops were common, she had a computer book, which was a portable PC, which is a lot less impressive now since we all have that. But right. it she... actually is kind of impressive when you think about it that the show accurately predicted that technology. Yeah. Well, she can turn the ta- the pages on that, though, if I recall correctly. Or did it just open? It just opens. It is basically just, like, uh, uh, you could, like, recreate it with a case for your tablet. Well, I mean, if you want to be technical, Star Trek predicted tablets in 1966. Okay, well. <laughs> so <laughs> Also, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, yeah. And that was around the same time period as Inspector Gadget, but... I guess everyone. No, no, is, that was that was before Inspector. Is Gadget, Melvin yeah. the depressed robot? Marvin, Marvin the paranoid android. Fuck. Transhumanism right. is appealing until you think of Marvin the paranoid android. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, this this title is it's just really stupid because this it's a comedy I, cartoon. It's nobody wants what, to be Inspector Gadget. No, I get that the general sense of it is supposed to be. That, oh, technology often doesn't work the way we really want it to, and the sense of, like, so we can't just lop off and replace parts. And I get what they're saying, kind of, but I'm not sure that there's a full point to it, because we also do technically now, just as a matter of course, just replace parts for people. And in ways that are seen as much more reliable to when we started doing these procedures would be kind of very hit or miss. Like, we replace heart valves with that of other animals to swap it out. We can 3D print some organs and swap it out even there. People already have hips replaced with a prosthetic device. Sure, right. I mean, even... And, yeah, I get the point of saying that, oh, the transhuman thing, these things aren't going to, I guess, aren't going to work out overnight, which, no, yeah, no shit, but they actually are gotten better, and have gotten significantly better even just in my lifetime. Well, I I think the point with, but those are, those are replacement parts, and I think the point with Inspector Gadget, maybe there is a logic to picking Inspector Gadget as opposed to any other cyborg character, because <laughs> the idea is just, it's not just a replacement, it's, he's got all these crazy gizmos that he can use, that he can draw upon, that are inside his body, and I guess their argument is, you know, if well, have... the part is using that as an illustration that having, like, all this technology and processing power doesn't make him more effective. Yeah, but the point is, he's ineffective because he's an idiot. Because he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, it, well... Because it's the conceit of the cartoon. It's right. kind of like saying, we don't have to worry about alien invasion because look at Invader Sim. He can't do anything right. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, learning martial arts is tempting, but you'll have to live in a sewer with a rat and yeah. eat pizza all the time. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, well, did, not did having they... to pay rent and eat pizza all the time, actually, that may make martial arts seem more appealing. I mean, I basically already live in a sewer and eat nothing but pizza, so that's actually, that's a st- that's not a step down. Yeah, I me. live in New Jersey. That pretty much just describes <laughs> my entire state's lifestyle. Right. Hell, if anything, being able to talk to the rats and thus establish some ground <laughs> rules would be a significant step up. <laughs> to learn from the rats. To learn their simple ways. What could we learn from the rats? 
<laughs> Apparently, I walk ninjutsu. with the rats, talk with the rats, run yeah. and squeak and squawk with the rats. Can uh, you paint with all the color of the rats? <laughs> and then a Michael Jackson song kicks on, except I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Phil, I, I'm sorry to be obnoxious and request things of you, but hear me out on this pitch. Like a Tarzan of the Apes, but it was a child who was abandoned in like an in an unused subway tunnel in New York, and thus it's Phil uh, of the it's Rats. Been done. I know it's been. I realized that as I said it, and I, it annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, I have seen that. I can't. I think it was on the uh, the uh, Justice Friends from Dexter's Laboratory. The oh, that's like right. That. Yeah, Rat Man. Right. And there was also a character on Batman Beyond who was like that, I think. And basically Willard, the movie Willard, is that. Yeah. I mean, he's not abandoned, but it's essentially the same idea. <laughs> he can talk to the rats. And the rats are metaphors for his mental state, which I enjoy. I remember liking the remake of the Willard movie. That's It was okay, but, but it was kind of slow-paced. Like, they should have picked up the pace a bit, I think. Eh. It had the same pacing as the original, so... Speaking it, of uh, taking a uh, look back at old properties that were maligned at the time, this Phantom Menace article. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I may want to go back and edit my thing from Tarzan but with rats to maybe, what if Tarzan but raccoons? <laughs> For that the Jersey work. version. Yeah, there, now, it's take... a, now I'm original again. <laughs> yeah. That, but, they would take over the world in five seconds flat, carefully directed. Because they're intelligent. But, yeah. But this uh, Phantom Menace article really annoys me because it's... Uh, okay, it's... The Phantom Menace at 20 was the infamous prequel actually that bad by... Uh, the... Oh. And the Save You a Clicked version is the article says, yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what pissed me off about it because at least it could like present an alternate view because there are people who defend the prequels. Right. You reason. know what one thing that actually pissed me off? is that they repeat the kind of misnomer that a bunch of the backgrounds were CGI. Which, Lucas did use CGI, but it was Lucas actually played up that he used more CGI than he actually did out of embarrassment of practical effects. Like the whole thing with the Naboo capital and all the waterfalls, there's like a whole thing about how they made that using salt right. crystals and that. That was like a practical effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember the comment, even before the movie came out, they were joking that because Liam Neeson was so tall, you know, they built the sets up to a certain height, and then the rest was going to be CGI, but Liam Neeson was so tall, they had to build everything, like, a couple feet taller than they wanted to, basically. Um, so, but I think that's, that's, that makes a certain amount of sense, right? You've got a practical background, as long as the actors are in front of it, and then CGI when they're not, essentially. But I know there's also been shots of, like, actors wandering around on, like, pure green screen, though. Yeah, and yeah. there have been, but there was more reliance than Lucas led on on basically miniatures and matte paintings. Right. Because yeah. there was embarrassment over that being the old way, and we're going to do it new now. <laughs> but uh, before this article does the bait and switch or click bait and switch uh, uh, it uh, it has a line that uh, Qui-Gon Jinn is wait where is it um, would surely make most acolytes list of the top five Jedis yeah uh, really would he though well yeah well it depends he's really stupid he's, he's a dumbass 
Everyone he's in the a, prequels is pretty He just dumb. wants to gamble. Yeah, that's right. He's got a gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Yoda had that too, but it was cut from the original trilogy. Yes. He's gambling. There's a Luke. lot of casinos on Coruscant that Yoda is not allowed to go near anymore. Yeah. Uh, there was a place called Canto Bite. I lost everything. <laughs> now I live in swamp. Now I live in Black swamp. I do. <laughs> oh, you were hiding from twenty-three. The Black of fifty on. <laughs> yeah. Are you He's hiding a- here on Dagobah from the Emperor? No, deck collectors. Gambino <laughs> <laughs> family angry at me. I am. Is I don't know. I'm not doing Yoda's. Lost forty thousand dollars on a Bantha race. I did. <laughs> Take my legs, they did. They already did. That's why he's so short. That's why I walk with a cane. They broke my kneecaps with a lead pipe. <laughs> Just a bunch of huts ga- gagging up around this Yo- Yoda and pushing him around. Right. I'm very slowly being surrounded by huts. <laughs> uh, this is one thing I kind of really want to see now that this made me... Realize I want to like imagine and see someone kind of develop and actualize the CGI aliens in Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. but how they would be if they were classic Star Wars creatures, basically done via Muppet creature works. <clears throat> okay. Because I'm trying to think, would Jar Jar be as hated? If it had something closer to, like, that's how the design was, re- was like, imagined and recreated. Uh, I think a lot of it's the voice. I know yeah. that it's the voice, and also thinking with Watto and that for similar problems, but... Yeah, I don't... Watto and uh, Newt Gunray or whatever. Yeah, um, and Newt Gunray yeah, they're, they're is a practical racist. effect, so... Yeah, and it's... Yeah, exactly. But, but it is true that people didn't, you know, have it in for... Uh, Watto the way they did, or for Newt Gunray the way they had it in for Jar Jar. But I think, yeah, as you say, it is, uh, we were just reading, apparently people didn't like C-3PO at the time either. They kind of, he was, and people hated the Ewoks when they came out. And, you know, I don't think it's the, the, the practicality or the CGI effect, honestly. I think it's... No, this is more just me wondering what Jar Jar would look like using, like, an actual full uh, puppet suit. Yeah, well, he'd be more visually appealing, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his mouth. W- yeah, I don't know. His mouth wouldn't move in sync as well, and I guess he'd still flap his uh, arm, his his ears around, and Obi Wan would have to duck with his arm. Very fake. That that's a shot that always bothers me in the Phantom Menace, where he like it's very obviously like, oh guys, we're gonna do this, and Jar Jar's gonna spin his head really fast, and his ears are gonna flap, and Obi Wan, you're gonna duck. And it's like this very stagey <laughs> move, basically, when they do it's it. It's one of those things that's hard to do in CGI, but it's real easy to do with just a puppet. Yes, exactly. And I mean, Watto being this, like, hover being <laughs> had to be. It's like they they had Liam Neeson talk to a ping pong ball for two hours, and then when they, what, they then they decided to design him to be really tiny, but he needed to be at eye level, so he's flying all the time, basically. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, the, the, do you the, think people on Tatooine put out, like, sugar water and Watto feeders like we do for hummingbirds? <laughs> hmm. 
He has to eat twice his own weight in nectar every day. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much would have to to keep his uh, hover hovering going. Apparently, uh, he's like uh, uh, supposedly in the in the source books. He's um, his stomach is like full of air, so he's like a hot air balloon. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yes, it was. I remember something like that. Why does he I, need wings? Then? No, I remember that too. That, no, the wings are to, to fly, him. but he has like, like his gut isn't an actual stomach. It's effectively sort of a swim bladder. Okay. Well, so that that would make sense then if he was a big. I guess he's a liar. He's a con artist. Yeah, he's full he's of a, hot air. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, this is also the same movie that had Newt Gunray as an attack on uh, Newt Gingrich and Ronald Reagan. Yeah, yeah. And then later, Dexter Jetster as the... the you know, I, I gotta say, in The Phantom Menace and the, the prequels, it bugs me a lot that um, in the original trilogy, the aliens only speak alien languages. And um, except Yoda and he speaks with, like, garbled syntax. And I guess there's like Jabba the Hutt's major Admiral domo. Akbar. I'm sorry. Oh, Akbar. Yeah, I yeah. I guess with Akbar, like it makes sense that they would speak English because they have to communicate. Like it's ones who can communicate with large groups of people. Basically, Akbar has to coordinate his troops. Jabba the Hutt's, uh, you know, major domo needs to communicate with people, and he speaks alien for some scenes, and then he goes back to speaking English or whatever they're speaking in the Star Wars language. Like, it's well thought out, at least. In yeah. in the prequels, aliens just speak English, and droids all just speak English, and there's no, like, it's just everyone. And I remember hearing that uh, George Lucas was actually insistent in the original, in the 70s and 80s, that they would not speak human languages. They would be subtitled. And they were there was pushback from the executives. You get to the, the the prequels. He has free reign to do whatever he wants, and he clearly said, "Oh yeah, well, you know, little kids have to be able to understand it." So it's like, what happened to? Uh, I can I actually know what happened. What? The Star Wars holiday special. Right. He actually had no involvement in it, but was horrified at the end result, and that is notorious for having the first fifteen minutes be unsubtitled dialogue in just Wookie. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. and I do remember that. I am completely that. serious. I believe that that is what made him think this was a bad idea. Uh, I mean, maybe. That but makes you just, a lot of sense, actually. Well, but yeah, but why didn't you just, just add subtitles and you would have fixed the problem? Like, that's all you need to do is add subtitles. And I mean, he didn't stop aliens like you know uh what's his name uh nian nub still still speaks english you know jabba the hut still or yeah. speaks his alien language jabba the hut still speaks his alien language there's a long stretch of return of the jedi where it's all just aliens speaking in alien languages so yeah i know. can't prove it there i'm just thinking if well why did he think that wasn't like the way to go i'm guessing that look i think the star wars holiday special broke something in him it's true. I wouldn't put it past him to say that, obviously. But apparently it was a delayed reaction, that's all. Yeah. But, um, I, I just want to interject that you mentioned Dexter... What's his name? Jester? Dexter Jetster. Jetster. Um, I don't yeah. actually mind the 50s diner scene at all. Um, no. At least in, in the aesthetics, because it, it fits with the Star Wars milieu of, uh, say, in the first movie, it was it's all sort of, you know, it's futuristic, but it's it's all sort of 
feudalistic and stuff, but then they go into the cantina and there's jazz music playing. Well, yeah, but it's like, not... Like, and yes, I know it's called jizz music. We yeah. all know this. But, uh, I mean, nothing about the cantina is... Yes, it fulfills the role of, oh, it's an alien bar and there's an alien band playing. But it's alien enough that it doesn't just feel like they just, you know, filed off the serial numbers. The 50s diner scene is like, it is just a 50s diner with no changes, basically. And this this guy wearing, like, an apron, and it's all exactly like a 50s diner. The Star Wars universe feels nicely alien to me for the first three movies. And even in the prequels. It, it feels like, yeah, that's another world. It's not just Earth and they changed a few things. That's one of those scenes where it's like, okay, you're just blatantly dropping in, you know a scene you wanted from a 50s diner and i don't know i'm okay with it it's it's hardly the worst thing about the prequels but it, it just it, to me it felt like we're not trying anymore like it, if that had been done in the 70s or 80s they'd make it look like an alien like i'm fine with the idea that oh yeah it's a 50s diner scene like sure do that okay so i think what you're saying like with how canto bright in that it is just like a casino but right. it's really kind of gussied up to be an alien Star Wars casino. Right, yeah, make it seem like it's not exactly like something you'd see on Earth with, like, tiny cosmetic differences. Make it seem like it's a little... Because, I mean, Star Wars movies, the original trilogy is full of scenes that is essentially a remake of an existing movie scene. Uh, you know, things like Leia scra uh, strangling uh, Jabba the Hutt is a nod to the Godfather. The whole uh, finale of the original Star Wars is basically just a remake of the Dam Busters, which uh, the Dam Busters, which is a '50s movie uh, set during World War II, except it's in outer space. There's tons of, I, and of course, the stuff with Luke on Tatooine, or the scenes that mostly got cut, but it was essentially they, they left graffiti. out the bit about the racist dog. Yeah, I know, I know the racist dog. <laughs> they, they. But yeah, like the bits with um... I don't think Chewie's racist in the movie. <laughs> uh, no, but you're, well, that... you're familiar with the Dambusters thing, right? Yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, in real life, in World War II, this was a real group. Uh, their dog was named the N word. Ah. Yeah, and and it was, they used that, that in the, the movie because it was historically accurate. They apparently dubbed it over in U.S. Uh, release to uh, trigger. Yeah, it was the trigger word, yeah, that they used to op to so that they couldn't just like that's not a minor detail. It's actually an important yeah. part of the story, but unfortunately it uses, you know, the N word. Yeah. Um But like yeah, they like were the thinking opening of remaking bits. it recently. Um I think one of the people who works with Peter Jackson a lot was uh was planning it and uh he had to answer that in an interview, you know, what they were gonna do with it. So uh yeah, that's a problem. My I, vote? Name the dog nerd. <laughs> well, they are the uh, the great oppressed subculture of our day, yeah. right? <laughs> nothing, nothing Gamer. worse than being a nerd these days. Um, Gamer, uh, my dog Gamer. <laughs> he had a heated gaming moment, and we named. Him. This is my dog. He loves his curvy wife. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, curvy wife, the dog. <laughs> you were named after the two bravest Cur men I know, Doc. <laughs> Curvy wife, Cliff White. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the AOC comic. Uh, yeah, uh, yep. Now, uh, there's not. 
I, I just have the cover here, but yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it, it, it well, it, you know, I was amazed to discover that this was not uh, a Blue Aspen uh, comic. Because if you remember them, uh, for a while there, uh, there, there was a company called Blue Water, uh, a comic book company, and um, they put out comics that were based on then popular political figures. Their heyday was, I remember 2008, they did one for like Barack Obama and Sarah Palin and John McCain and, uh, right. It was steampunk Sarah Palin and stuff. Well, it wasn't even, no, no, no. They didn't even do at at that point. They weren't even gussying it up. It was just a biographical comic. Oh, this is the one that did that, uh, Stephanie Meyer comic, right? Yeah, they did. They, yeah, anyone who is popular, they would crank out a quick biographical. I read uh, Chris Sims' review of the Stephanie Meyer biography comic, mm-hmm. and it was hilarious. Um, basically, the, it's all have... narrated by like a like a classic movie style vampire. Yeah, that's one. Who's um, who's <laughs> thanking Stephanie Meyer for making vampires popular again, so he can infiltrate the public. <laughs> like this is the conceit I of the do... comic. I do vaguely remember one on a Lady Gaga biography yes. comic. Yep. Yes, there was a Lady was Gaga one. an odd framing device of basically a fan. Yeah. Uh, or it's like no, a guy it was getting a... into it, but it was also... I remember being, like, feeling that I was kind of not sure if this was going to be just a regular fan or if this was going to be a truly what the fuck thing that this was a biography from the point of view of a stalker (laughs) no well if i recall correctly the premise was it was someone who was contemptuous of lady gaga who was like a a male nerd who was like oh this is stupid and the comic was him learning to discover the wonder that is lady gaga so in other words they were kind of framing it as like hey nerds here's why she actually is cool so you know that's nice okay but they said there there actually is a niche for just biography comics. Right. But but the thing is, these were cranked out so, like, rapidly and cheaply that it's And they apparently really... didn't pay artists very well. Yeah, no, uh, not at all. Yeah, yeah they, they stiffed a lot of people, apparently. Uh, and it okay, sounds so like... so that's it... bad. I'm just saying the core premise sure, is yeah. actually not that bad. And if you were going to do a thing that's basically popularity chasing and that, that's at least kind of valid because you are doing a thing even yeah. if it is chasing a trend yeah well it, it sounds like there was like basically no quality control or and people just cut loose and that's why you got some weird ones because it was literally like we want a comic about you know stephanie meyer it that we can have on the presses on the newsstands and and there's you know, nothing interesting about stephanie meyer as a person other than you know what she wrote so right well, how do i do that yeah well so they had to get creative obviously yeah and apparently they did um but yeah as step I said, one hit some quaaludes <laughs> step two yeah sit down and brainstorm <laughs> snort a lot of cocaine the Layfield method. Um, but they, yeah, it, it is actually, no, it's a cool idea to say, like, that actually, you know, I'd, I'd be down with it if they had been a legitimate up-on-up company, but they turned out to be a bunch of, you know, scamsters who were yeah. flooding the market with project. So this comic that's come out, there's a Keenspot comic. That has nothing to do with those, and we intentionally wasted well, our listeners' time. <laughs> but, but, no, there's a continuity, though. This is the same yeah. kind of thing, clearly. Uh, yeah, that that hasn't gone away quite. Like, the company's gone, from what I understand. But uh, there's, like, steampunk Sarah Palin, like I said. There was one about um, uh, 
like a steampunk or a time traveling Abraham Lincoln fighting Mad Max Trump. Yeah, it, it, like it that was like the um, Immortan Joe is Trump is Immortan Joe. And I mean, there are a bunch of Trump co- there. As long as Trump has been a political figure, which i.e. the last couple of years, there have been these comics that they've been making about Trump, some of which look just eye-gougingly horrible from what I've seen. Oh yeah, She-Trump. She tr- the spectacular She-Trump, there's one about My Hero Academia, but it's Trump or something. I don't, I don't really that understand one. that one. Yeah. Oh, you know what these remind me of? What? You know how like in the 80s and 90s there was a thing where they went, hey, this skit on Saturday Night Live, this five-minute skit, got yeah. a lot of good press. Let's make a full movie about it. Yep. Right. Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. There was an It's Pat movie. Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw a review of that recently. It and, of course, the Coneheads. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, it is. I kind of liked Coneheads. It wasn't bad. and it's No, gotten... not Coneheads. It's uh, the Pat movie. Yeah, okay. Um, apparently, they don't actually reveal what gender Pat is, so like well, it's just a big circle or a big. Uh, well, of course they don't. Like you can. That's if they do that, the the bit is over forever, basically. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's just I, I don't. But then apparently, there's a scene where uh, yeah, Pat that's gets the ex- joke. Like at the in the climax, Pat gets exposed to an entire audience of people, their their genitals, and like this is like. We don't see it, but, like, the audience sees it. So, like, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, that is one premise that was kind of funny. And it's funny because the It's Pat, the original sketch with Pat, aired at, like, in the dumping ground of of Saturday Night Live originally, which is the last half hour, which is where they put all the... Admittedly, sometimes you get something brilliant in that period because they can just do whatever they want. Uh, But that's where... Liza McNally... Liza Mc, uh, Minnelli trying to turn on a lamp. I love <laughs> yeah. that one. There's there's some weird stuff there, and occasionally you'll get a brilliant thing. But most of the time, that is, as Krusty the Clown said, the last half hour is a real garbage dump. Um, th- that is essentially what it is. It's the garbage dump for sketches. And Pat just... Now that's went... just the whole show. <laughs> I think it's been that way for quite some time, unfortunately. Um but yeah, it was uh, it, it was like kind of funny once, and the fact the Christopher that it... Walken sketch or one where Christopher Walken was in it was kind of funny, but mostly because Christopher Walken didn't obviously didn't care. Like he <laughs> at one point he's 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 about to commit suicide by jumping out a window, but he just sort of steps off stage. All okay, all of Christopher <laughs> Walken's appearances are legit good. Okay, AOC comic. AOC yeah, comic. wait, we got way off. But the thing is, or it, this is the comic equivalent of these fucking things are the comic equivalent of the Geico Caveman series. Oh, oh god. god, I saw the pilot of that at a bad movie night. Oh god, it's one of the and worst things I've ever sat through. There, that it's like, hey, you got something that you know might be chuckle worthy as a T-shirt or one-panel comic or something. Yeah, not for an ongoing. 20-something page? Yeah. Well, 20-something page. This is number... It, there, it's apparently an ongoing series, the uh, AOC comic. The Superior AOC, it's called. Um, Why it's is her a- symbol an eight-legged ant? I don't know. I guess it's a spider. I don't know. No, but, it's a, it but it's not ha- a spider. But It it's clearly has to be- three segments. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm sure there's an explanation. Yeah, she's got insect-based powers, which I guess she's like Spider-Man, but an ant. Like superior Spider-Man run. I guess. Yeah, that's yeah the title I mean, is I, to. I mean, but, like her butt's just right there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's they're not they're doing the trash classic comic book twerking thing, and um. Uh. What's yeah, <laughs> I, at least she's not doing like the boobs and butt pose where both are visible fully, but yeah. No, well, it, only one. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 is It doesn't look like her either. Yeah, she's not that hard to draw and yet <laughs> they've made it I look... mean, you say that, but I have not seen a right-wing political cartoon that did not feel the need to label the character of her to make <laughs> sure that people knew who it was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, they do that with everything, though. Well, to be fair, I don't think this comic is right-wing. Uh, I mean, they've made her into a superhero, so I gotta figure... I think it's, it's just a cash-in. I don't think it, like, despite it being about a politician, I don't think it's uh, yeah. as a political uh, viewpoint. Yeah, it's clearly we'll the make kind money of, off this. you know, she's the, she's the political figure, just like, you know, Hillary Clinton was, a, if you go back far enough, you know, it's someone, you know, that they're hoping they'll sell it to her fans, basically. So, of course, they're going to make her look good. Um, yeah, but they, but they should, like, this is the wrong, this isn't what AOC's fan base would be interested in. No, no, and, and... The no, funny they're all chocks! Wait. <laughs> They don't read comics. They only watch, uh, you know. No, no, I don't mean comics. HBO. I just mean the the this the way she's presented here. Is, yeah, 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 that's right. Well, I I don't know. Some people maybe. I mean, she's an attractive woman. She has her thirst fans, I guess. But yeah, um, but her thirst fans are thirsty for her, not you know whatever this is. <laughs> well, at this point, who even knows? But I mean, I know that Keenspot definitely put out my favorite is the right like, we right hadn't stated that this one is actually by uh king spot not right. one of the other fly-by-night things well now if yeah. either of you have more familiarity and can explain to me what is a king spot well it was a web i'm actually slightly embarrassed uh when i first started doing web comics I was on Keenspace, which was the hosting service made by Keenspot. it was originally a uh Basically, a webcomic ring. Uh, a bunch of webcomics sort of banded together and became a, a group, uh, a webcomic group called Keenspot. Uh, and they had a few. They had some good comics, honestly. They they did some uh, some good stuff. But um, uh, you know, the 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 web kind of grew beyond them, and they were you know they started publishing comics. But it's it. This is clearly sort of well, we're going to turn to this to survive. And the thing is, they do. Like Trump cop, pro Trump. They did that she tr Trump comic as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, um, like, so they're not, in a sense, they're not picking sides, but they're willing to pander to Trump's fan base. And Trump's fan base is absolutely the kind of person who would read that kind of comic. Um, so it's it's a little bit, it's 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 really icky that they're now trying to cash in on AOC because they clearly have no political convictions in that regard. Um, they they had a few. Right, I remember were they the ones who did the Space Force comic. I think so. Yeah, that's. I think ah, that's okay. theirs. Oh, yeah, off. and uh, you know they they did have a few people on that on Keenspot who were like right wing art comics back in the day, and at the time it was 
maybe you could <laughs> you could just say, oh yeah, it was a collective group of people, and you know, I'm I'm still pretty sure a lot of the people who were on Keenspot are not right wing, but it sounds like the editorial, you know, gang at, at the very least they're willing to just pander to any viewpoint. So, so. what is this logo supposed to be? It's like a city and. It's a city it looks like, and the moon. Yeah, but <clears throat> why are why is the moon shaped like an A and an O and a, I, I don't know. It it's looks like the Death it, Star. I don't Green New Deal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why her costume is green because of the Green New Deal. Do you get it? Do you get it? She should uh, have plant powers or something. I'm, I'm amazed she doesn't have like bartender powers. Like she doesn't like she probably it works as a mild mannered bartender in the in the comic or something, but yeah. <clears throat> Remember the comic by uh, Ben Garrison where she was like, she was a bartender serving all the, the horrible things like the, what was it? Leninade and things. I can't remember <laughs> what it was. The, the green new deal. Pina colada or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like to think about any of Ben Garrison's air quote art. So <laughs> that's the funny thing about Ben Garrison is like as a political cartoonist, I would say he's quite competent. It just it, like he can. He, he actually just labels everything. He labels everything. He actually. D- yeah. No. No. I. I'm gonna fucking really argue. You can't be competent when you has to say there that it's like. Well, but, I drew someone, and now I better have their name on a well, bib that- they wear because they're un- indistinguishable from the horrible, unflattering way I draw anybody well, from their the, ethnicity. That's the crazy thing. He doesn't need the labels for the most part. You could probably recognize them pretty well, but it's just so ingrained in political cartoonists, I guess. No, you could not recognize his AOC drawings as AOC. Not her, I don't think, but a lot of them you can. Like, he's not the worst in terms of just art, in terms yeah. of just the, the the rendering. Well, yeah, he. I mean, he exaggerates her into like ugliness which is a weird that's the weird thing with right wingers it's like they either have to make her look horribly ugly but they're obviously like fighting their own boners too <laughs> that's that's ben shapiro of course famous oh have you seen that um, stalking her oh have you seen that uh why won't she debate me comic book cover like an old 50s romance thing god <laughs> with ben, ben shapiro, shapiro crying on the cover with aoc in the background and he says oh uh, and it's called why won't she debate me and he's saying Facts don't care about my feelings. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, and I mean, it, that's the crazy part. It's like, when we got, like, Tommy Laren or someone like that, we're not like, oh, she's so hideously ugly. It's like, well, it, it, she's attractive. I mean, some that's, people are like, I've seen jokes about that, but, like, most of them are just about how she's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird that people would have to, like, insist that she's not attractive. It's like, that's not really the relevant factor here. The factor is that she's a horrible fascist. Like, of course yeah. you could still be attractive. Sarah Palin was attractive. Nobody's going to pretend she was not. It was how horrible she was as a person that was the the crucial thing. Of course you do get idiots who still do that because they haven't figured out that women are worth more than their looks. But anyway... Um, speaking of uh, idiot politicians, um, the Farage, the milkshake thing, and Farage oh, right, right. and his bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, bus Nigel Farage trapped on bus, surrounded by protesters holding milkshakes. Uh huh. In the Independent. That's it. That's the Sierra end. Giardino. 
That's it. Yeah. I think we all heard about this, that milkshaking was being carried out. They had the European election this week. Um, just to be clear, uh, this is elections to set for each country to send politicians to the European Parliament, which is the collective parliament for all of Europe. So people are weirdly not very clear about this in the U.S. when they're reporting on it. They act like, you know, the Brexit Party won in England, but it, they didn't really win in England. They just returned a lot of seats to European Parliament. Uh, but yeah, the Brexit Party, which is Nigel Farage, the guy who uh, who who's sort of the ringleader of Brexit, um, formed a new party, actually, called the Brexit Party, which did very well in the uh, European the elections. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. They say they picked up seats, but the thing is, before that, there was a party called the UKIP, which Nigel Farage was in. UKIP, yeah. Uh, which was this, like, hard right-wing party. As you as you know, Phil, your buddy uh, Sargon of Akkad and a few other people uh, started running as UKIP politicians. Um, and Nigel Farage, who I guess is considered to be more respectable. <laughs> no, uh, but... Well, he see, he is because he's sort of a posh... He never tweeted a rape rape threat at anybody. Right. I mean, their politics are the same, but he's seen as this, you know, re semi-respectable politician versus these guys who are, like, YouTube trolls. Um, and that aspect of the... Like, he, it is actually a canny political move on his part because he saw that people... They were dragging down the UKIP party, so he jumped over and created the Brexit party, which is somehow still seen as respectable, even though the politics are exactly the same. But it doesn't have these obvious hateful assholes in charge of it. Well, but it does. He's a hateful asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing. We're, we're, we're splitting hairs, but there is, I guess, if you don't pay attention to the news... You could fool yourself into thinking, you know, he's a respectable guy in a suit versus some dude who makes YouTube videos about games uh, or whatever. He, I don't know, whatever Sargon of Akkad makes videos about. Uh, it's about crap. Um, yeah, I, I do appreciate that Sargon tanked a political party yeah. by joining it. But unfortunately, they just kind of reassembled in another, in another down the street. But, that, yeah, but, that's, but it, yeah. it's it's fun little schadenfreude of it, this... This guy I don't like. Uh, yeah, just sort of failed utterly and Isn't ruined he also his life being for no audited reason. Audited or something now? Sorry. For it or that like he got increased scrutiny? That's fucking him. Yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, his YouTube channel got demonetized. Yep. So yeah, he lost at his least YouTube for now, channel. Can't make money off of it. Right. And that was his primary source because he'd previously been banned from Patreon. Right. And I think I think uh, Ing's right too that there was some kind of like they were looking into financial shenanigans that he might have been participating in. Uh, yeah, because he was he linked his his own. Um, uh, uh, he he gave his own links instead of party links on you know support you know UKIP, but uh, he just had people sending money to him. Yeah, I can't well, remember my... what the exact details were, but yeah. My favorite is there's this guy who's he goes by the name Tommy Robinson, but his real name is Stephen Yaxley Lennon. I don't know why he goes by a fake name, except that he is a horrible alt-right troll. Uh, he was also running as a UKIP party uh, guy. Um, I he, think he was not UKIP specifically. No, no, no. He, he was, was. He was okay. Sorry, he's been 
he's worked for them in the past. You're right. He's yeah, running but in as, this case, he was running as his own party. Right, right. He was an independent. But the, here's the thing. You have to put up, I think, 5,000 pounds to run for parliament. Um, he, but, and you get repaid that amount as a, if you're, if you make a certain amount of percentage of the vote. So which is a really low percentage. Yeah. And he had to pay it back. (laughs) He had to, he had to, he couldn't, he didn't get refunded that money. (laughs) So he was out 5,000 pounds and as people said, and he got milkshake dumped over him. As people said, it's basically, he paid 5,000 pounds to do a tour in which people threw milkshakes at him basically. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, same with Sargon, except it also ruined his, his money-making prospects and yep. uh, made him a national laughingstock. And, yeah. Which he should have been before, but it really cemented Well, he it. just wasn't known before. Yeah. At least beyond YouTube. Like, it turns out having a million YouTube subscribers doesn't actually translate into political power. <laughs> well, you know, then that's why you have to wonder how many of these people are just bots. But then it's also maybe he's just... A- uh, it's also teenagers. A, a lot of teenagers, and it's also a worldwide count, so... Right, right. And a lot like of he, Americans He was showing up to things following. with, like, uh, 20 supporters, and he just walked right past them and yell at the protesters. Right. Like, he yeah. did not know how to run. Like, he's just yeah, well, not good at things. As we said, I think the point was they thought they could, well, I don't know. Maybe they thought they could win. I don't know. They, they, you get to a certain point where you just live in a bubble where you think you're succeeding off of this stuff. But, um, but yeah, hilariously, um, you know, uh, as we saw, Nigel Farage, uh, was getting milkshaked by these people as well, getting milkshakes thrown on him. And for at a certain point, he would not get out of the bus. As we no, know. he had one milkshake um, thrown on him and then just people had milkshakes. Right. Just, and this, and they weren't even saying that they were going to throw it at him or any clear thing that they were actually protesting against him. There were just milkshakes present. Right. Uh, McDonald's um, in the UK stopped selling milkshakes for a weekend because the police told them to. And Burger King told them to fuck off. We're we're still selling milkshakes. Yeah, Burger King uh, tweeted that uh, we're selling uh, milkshakes this weekend, just saying. Yeah, yeah, and they got which, in trouble for that, but, which is, and then of course, all the the right-wing figure were like, Burger King is promoting uh, violence. inspiring violence! Yeah. yeah. Today it's milkshakes, Oh yeah, milkshakes. there was, was talk about how the milkshakings were mock assassinations. Yeah, who was that, the mock assassinations guy? Uh, I think it was, um, uh, oh, what's his name, the, um, the atheist guy, Sam Harris. Oh yeah, Sam Harris. Yeah, right. He's a disingenuous fuck. Yeah. 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 He's literally it, written it, an ethical defense of torture. Yeah, yeah I, I I know that guy's. He's he he was coming out of the uh, like a rationalist atheist department, yeah. right? That was his original wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, still is. He's still one of the um like Richard Dawkins types, but he's he was always worse than them, and they're they're pretty bad. So yeah. 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 Like, even in my teenage years, when I was into, like, Richard Dawkins and stuff, like, I even, I, I didn't support what he stood for, but I even read um, Christopher Hitchens' book, and I never touched Sam Harris's stuff, so that's yeah. how bad Sam Harris has always been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a real shame that so many of those people ended up leaping over to just straight-on white supremacy. Um, yeah, or Richard Dawkins, which is just... That that was a real disappointment for me. The the whole elevator gate thing. I I just yeah. I don't know. Well, it's it, again. It's 
you know, it feels like and people who don't know because we dropped a jargon there. Elevator gate was basically a thing where a uh, woman in the atheist skeptic community had mentioned about unwanted uh, contact and harassment from men, and Richard Dawkins responded by starting off basically a harassment campaign and blacklisting her from events. Right. Yeah, he. He wrote, um, she just said, uh, her, her words were, you know, somebody asked me out in an elevator, you know, do you want to come to my room? And guys, don't do that. That was her, that was the extent of what she said. And Richard Dawkins wrote, you know, that she was saying it was the worst thing in the world. And, you know, it was worse than what Muslim, Muslim women face in the Middle East and stuff. And like, Richard, your whole thing is talking about how oppressed atheists are and you're in the West and you're saying, you know, it's worse somewhere else, so you shouldn't complain. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't But fit. also, he's not yeah, a that... fan of, like, Muslim people or women, so why is there, like, the complaint that, you know, they have it worse? He's not, like, charitable well, towards them. Yeah, well, that's that's just the shifting goalposts. It's like the people who claim to be anti against anti-Semitism because they can use it to attack someone, and then they're blatantly anti-Semitic in every other respect. But J.K. Rowling? Yeah. Wow. I, well, no, I wasn't going to say her. I was going to say oh, okay. people like all the people going, I mean, I'm not saying she doesn't have issues with that. I'm just saying I'm talking about people who are like, Elon Omar said something anti-Semitic. The people who are freaking, you know, yeah. neo-Nazis, but they'll they'll, yeah. pret they'll pretend to clutch their pearls over it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, on the right, I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. you can legitimately have issues with it. This got very political, although it shouldn't be surprising did. that we have the AOC comic and milkshaking yes. uh speaking of political uh noah's ark th this story there's not much to it but owners of noah's ark replicas sue insurers over rain damage there's wow. not much to the article that's just basically you know, want to know what headlines. this article really pissed me off for they did what? not specify in what it really looks like it would be that the insurers are refusing to pay out for it because it's an act of god <laughs> oh, and I'm great. Yeah. How could you write this article and at least not mention that? Like, <laughs> if it's not that, you have to assure people it's not that. Because we're going to assume because irony is a thing that exists. Yes. Well, there, there's a bit in this article that kind of annoys me. Uh, According to the flood narrative, Noah is instructed by God to build an ark and take two of each animal species, one of mm -hmm. each sex. That's not true. There's It's two of each unclean animal and seven of each clean animal. Yeah. Right, yes. There's a lot more yeah, animals than... Well, we were discussing earlier, um, you were talking about um, the whole dinosaur thing, Phil. Oh, yeah. I, um, I stupidly, very... Foolishly watched a debate with uh, Ken Hovind, a recent one, uh, who's a young Earth creationist. Because um, I thought, because I like the guy. Well, I don't. I, I I sometimes am interested in the in the guy who's uh, who was debating him. Um, I don't agree with him all the time, but I think he's an interesting uh, debater. And I thought it would be. Is he a master at an this interesting craft? watch? So he is indeed a master debater. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, um, We're it was a complete waste of my life. We're ostensibly supposed to be funny. I gotta put life. some jokes in. 
<laughs> it was a waste of two hours of my life. Yeah. But, uh, I did get the tidbit that um, uh, Ken Hovind thinks what Kevin Hovind thinks dinosaurs are. Um, basically, uh, death was invented when uh, Adam bit the apple, or even Adam bit the apple. Uh, even though it wasn't actually an apple in the Bible, but anyway, which isn't um, even true. That's not anyway. Go on. Yes. But yeah, they so they introduced death into the world, and before that, uh, apparently lizards don't stop growing. So dinosaurs are just lizards that lived a long time and grew really big. Yeah. I mean, that's the the problem. I mean, there was actually, if you read the Bible, they actually talk about there being two trees. There's the fruit yeah. of knowledge. Of good and evil, and the and the tree of life. Right, Adam, tree because that's the biggest problem with this statement. That's the most <laughs> well, egregious own... wrong thing, rather than saying, "Oh, dinosaurs are just the gecko mascot that got too doggone big." <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't make sense he's on his not, own terms. He's not British thing. I don't know why he went with that accent. I don't know uh, why you think that accent was British. <laughs> it was oh, Bozo okay, the Clown sorry. again for some reason. <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't make sense even on his own terms. Like, he should know his own scripture and say, wait, it doesn't say that you know, they were created immortal. It says they were created, you know, what, ignorant What fucking of... lizard was the uh, Triceratops it's a, it's a supposed it's to a, be? It's actually standard um, um, an iguana, explanation in uh, Christianity that they would have been immortal if they hadn't eaten the apple, so... Well, That's but not, he it didn't says make in that the Bible... See, I thought in the Bible the whole point was they eat the treat of... Uh, knowledge of good and evil, and God's afraid that they're going to eat of the other tree and gain immortality. Yeah, and that's yeah. why He banishes them from the garden. I thought that was the original idea, and that's yeah, why it we... was. But the, it's taken on different meanings uh, through interpretation. Like the devil and hell are not really things in the Bible. I know, they're yeah. sort of there, but right. But anyway, but yeah, it's, things it's... That, that people base the entire religion on, and it's barely in the Bible. So right, yeah, yeah, no, it, I... it happens. I'm pretty sure that that is a very garbled interpretation of the Bible. Whoever came up with it, because yeah, but know. it's 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 um, two thousand years of Catholic and Christian tradition. So right. yeah, well, anyway, yeah, so he, we're gonna just yeah, ignore that in the process of denying evolution. This guy is basically insisting that Pokemon are real, because that's the only <laughs> way you get from a fucking uh, newt into Tyrannosaurus Rex is fucking Pokemon evolution. Yeah, I mean, dinosaurs well, aren't lizards. No, and dinosaurs aren't lizards to begin with. They're birds, or birds more accurately are dinosaurs. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't even birds work came. there. He also well, claimed that the T-Rex could breathe fire. Not in this interview, but what? apparently he claims that in other things. So they're Why? dragons, basically. Does he say that? How Again, that because their it's brains a Pokemon, been really it small, is a dragon so type. <laughs> well, he says um, they would have had uh, a, they had a big skull, but a tiny brain, so there must have been extra stuff in there, so that must have been for breathing fire. <laughs> Just stuffed up there in his nasal passages. Clearly had a flamethrower, you know, as one does. Oh god, now I'm just yeah. imagining Jurassic Park, but they're all voiced by uh, Don Adams. Like all the <laughs> dinosaurs, because they're all also Inspector Gadget. <laughs> just like, what's his name, Meldoon, uh, being ambushed by the raptors, only it's Inspector Gadget, like, coming at him with a meat cleaver. Clever girl. Well, 
transhumanism is tempting until you remember uh, Inspector Gadget as the entirety of Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park with transhumanism Wait, is tempting until you remember the lawyer that got eaten out the toilet in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I think we're getting our techno techno uh, our warnings about the dangers of technology mixed up here. <laughs> There's transhumanism, and then there's the whole don't play metal in God's domain part. It's two different yeah, things. Yeah, don't pepper in God's domain. Um. Uh, and bring in Chinese food. You just had Chinese food, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, okay, fine. Dinosaurs or Pokemon? Pokemon are real to Kent Hovind. Sure. But even, even Pokemon evolved. Does that bother him, then? The Actually, Pokemon that evolved? was like a big... Yeah, I, in the 90s, there was a big thing with uh, moral guardians and oh, parents God. being upset because, you know, they Pokemon evolve and that despite the fact that, you know, evolve oh. here is just basically used as a term for metamorphosis. It's, it's, it's propaganda. Oh, yeah, there was also a bit where um, Ken Hoven was talking about how dinosaurs probably still exist in places and he's talked to people who have seen them. And the guy he was debating with made a, a good point that... Um, it's funny that all these creatures disappeared as soon as camera phones were invented. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ken also, Hogan said, well, yeah, maybe, maybe the Loch Ness Monster be- died from, <laughs> died recently. Yeah. <laughs> Just coincidentally, when camera phones were invented, maybe it died from a seizure from getting photographed. Died? Yeah. Fortunately, the Loch Ness Monster had epilepsy and died due to a <laughs> yeah. flash photography-induced seizure. Great. Man... Just, just like that's that's one thing I like of taking conspiracy theories and going even further with them. Like Bigfoot is was real, but he died in 1988 from choking on Rice Krispies. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I, I saw a tweet. I think it's um, is somebody who presents you with a conspiracy theory, just go further with it. Like um, yeah, uh, you don't the, believe that was like a somebody doesn't believe in the from... moon landing, and you say you believe in the moon. Yeah, there was an actual Tumblr tweet of someone, uh, a Tumblr tweet, the uh, Tumblr post of someone who was a nurse talked about that they got someone who didn't want to put their child on immunization because it's a whole conspiracy there. And they had like a bout of inspiration and in dealing with there and just told them, well, what makes you think right. that anti-vaccination fears aren't a conspiracy by the Chinese to weaken American health? Right, and and that got the woman to agree to immunize her child. So it's just like, all right, fuck it, you have to out crazy him. Yeah, and it worked. That's the part that, and she says it could like she tried it on a number of people and it worked, if I'm not mistaken. So I guess it's just how people think. If they think they're into secret knowledge, they'll buy it, whether it makes any sense. I do think that makes. sense that like in order to buy into certain conspiracy theories it requires a sort of methodology of thought and that's why people tend to collect conspiracy theories so we've got to get the QAnon people like convinced that uh you know trump is using them or i don't know how are we going to do that no it's not trump anymore it's a look-alike oh really is that the latest one no i'm saying that's what we pitch okay yes Great. Oh, it's Hillary Clinton in a mask. <laughs> the Secret Service killed Trump and on April state. 21st of this year and replaced him with the Secret Service body double. 
Nice. Oh my god, that's amazing. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna create an alt account. Go on QAnon and start spreading the fear, the conspiracy theory that Trump has been replaced. Because they they've they've had times when they were like, "Ah, oh, Trump let us down." Like there's right, moments and that's where the, the explanation split. for why Trump is letting us down now because it's not yeah. the real Trump. It's Hillary Clinton in disguise. Beautiful. Oh my God, we've really got something going here. Okay, we're gonna spread this knowledge everywhere we go. Uh, that that, that Trump Adam is, is just is like the uh, British commander in Independence Day. Now we know how to take them down. Send it out on the telegraph. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> That's such a golden basis on how to kill the alien spaceships. Yeah, when Miller testifies, it'll be Trump was killed in 2017. <laughs> That's why they don't want it to come out. <laughs> I mean, we joke about a... that, but people are saying that this is a le- kind of a legitimate things going on with the government has declassified a bunch of UFO files now. Yeah. Yeah. And people are talking about that. It's like, yeah, generally when they do that, it's because they're trying to hide in UFO media something more embarrassing. Well, I'm not going to claim he was, you know, an all-time genius. I used to read Dave Barry, but he, he did make a funny point about uh, government conspiracies and cover-ups where he said, it's like, it's not that I don't think the government would conceal alien crashed bodies if they had it. It's just that you'd they'd be really bad at it, and you'd see, like, you know, the Congress debating who gets to host the dead alien storage facility <laughs> and <laughs> which pork, who would get the pork for that, and, you know... Congress would accidentally have a label secret meeting for the alien conspiracy <laughs> cabal. Damn it! Yep. I told them not to actually put that on the sign. <laughs> yeah, yes. like Trump went in the you know bragged about having right, a really exactly. good relationship with the reptilians. Yeah, somebody tweeted that they were like, "Okay, we can now be sure that there was no conspiracy to kill Kennedy and that there aren't any dead aliens." Because Trump would have tweeted that on like day three of his administration when he found it out. Basically. Oh God! God help me! I actually have a response to that. Yeah, that's presuming him. Trump is literate enough to read any of the intelligence briefings. <laughs> there is a good chance he could be sitting on all these revelations and not understand it enough to blab it. Right, that's true. Yeah, maybe they coded it in pig Latin or something. <laughs> maybe they wrote it down, which is what it probably is true. Yeah, it's hidden behind this incomprehensible code. That's yeah. English, sir. <laughs> It wasn't on the cover of the report they handed him, so he didn't read it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good note to end on, then. Um, Because we are over, we're at an hour and a half, so... um, I think we'll... I assume uh, some of this will be cut out. Oh, yeah, we're gonna... Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is gonna be a five-minute episode when it gets in. (laughs) No, we had some good stuff in there, but... um, Just gonna be dinosaurs, your Pokemon! Trump was killed on April 21st, 2019. (laughs) and replaced with a duplicate Inspector Gadget. Goodbye, (laughs) folks! Excellent summation. All right, good night from all of us at uh, Destroy All Clickbait. Thank you, Ing. Um, Anything to plug, guys? Uh, Oh, um, What Mad Universe, um, our our other podcast, which Ing was was on the most recent episode, which will be coming out in a few weeks. Yeah. So that that was a fun one. Yeah, probably about, about the same time. We did talk about a crazy Japanese sci-fi, as Ing mentioned at the beginning. Uh, so yeah, that's coming out in a, probably around the same time as this drops. Maybe maybe a week after this drops. And uh, watch for that. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
Uh, I'm also going to pitch my comic, uh, what is com. Yes. And that's a comic I do with Charlotte Finn, and hopefully mm-hmm. it's good. Yes, it is good. Yep, I can verify. I have nothing to do with it, so I'm not biased. And I can tell you it's good. Yep, and I think that's it. And if All you right. want to take and slap this at the end of uh, What Mad Universe, that would be great, too. <laughs> I will. No, it's a good... You've punched it before, and it's a good comic, so uh, check it out. And uh, so from all of us, uh, have a good night. Avoid... Well, uh, throw milkshakes. I'd say avoid milkshakes, but none of us are in danger of getting milkshaked. Milkshake? But... Duck! <laughs> That's the news. Good night, everyone. Go, go. It's go, go, gadget milkshake. Ha, 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 ha.